On this episode of Kenny and the Coaches, I talk with Cash Volleyball Coach Dalton Dismuke. Coach Dismuke has spent time at Duncan Schools and was the sports director at the Simmons Center in Duncan before going to Cash. Coach Dismuke is a young coach that has the right mindset when it comes to coaching and competing. Here's my conversation, Coach Dalton Dismuke. All right, Coach, thanks for taking time out of your uh, dead period to talk with us a little bit today. Yes, thank you for having me. Now, your volleyball coach there at Cash, I mean, like, when do you guys start working on – I mean, by the time this airs, I think it will already started, but kind of when when are you guys going to start getting your uh, season started, practices and stuff? Yeah, so uh, our practices can start on July 5th. 15th and we'll actually go into team camp July 12th through the 14th at OBU so that'll be a good chance for us to play some other teams and kind of get started a little bit earlier and then we'll start practice right after that yeah yeah that's pretty cool I mean I just yeah it's kind of weird to me coming back into coaching because where I coached that before it was like we didn't we didn't do stuff in the summer. We just started football practice, but it's kind of, I don't know. It's, people don't get summers off anymore. Yes. Yeah, and, I mean, we try to balance that the best we can. Cause, I mean, yeah. with volleyball starting in July, I mean, I try to give them off as much as I can in June. I mean, yeah. we still do a few things. But, I mean, I want kids to enjoy their summer and not just be having to come to the gym every day. Yeah. Now, I kind of, you know, talking about summer stuff, you used to coach AAU. I mean, you were like the sports director there at the Simmons Center in Duncan. What was uh, – did, did you coach – what all did you coach AAU-wise? So, yes, uh, I started coaching AAU about four or five years ago. And uh, I've coached girls and guys and that. So, I mean, usually from like – fifth or sixth grade up through high school so i mean it just kind of depends on how many kids we have interested and actually i still do coach aau so through the Center, i still coach two teams which that's been kind of crazy i mean i probably (laughs) won't coach two teams again but i mean i always kind of want to coach a team because i mean i would recommend that for all young coaches because it's a great way to meet parents meet kids and i mean i view it as kind of a training ground for coaches so i mean as a young coach you need to just learn all you can and i mean you can't do that instead i mean unless you're in a gym somewhere so i just view that as kind of a training ground now is that is that kind of where you got to know our coach hill here at empire yes yeah because he was coaching a high school guys team and uh yeah i just kind of we just kind of ran into each other at some tournaments and then, I mean, just got connected. And I mean, and we're pretty close now. I mean, we call each other a lot, just talk about different stuff and coaching. And I mean, he's a good friend in coaching and he does a great job. So I've learned a lot from him. Yeah. Now also the person that kind of suggested having you on, uh, coach Crowley. I mean, you, did you used to coach with her at Duncan? Yes, I did. We yeah. coached together, and actually, she co- uh, she helped me with junior high volleyball for two or three years. Oh, so okay. I would head coach, and she helped me. And I mean, we just have a great time together. I mean, we're a 
a lot of like. I mean, just have lots of energy and just have a passion for kids. So, I mean, it was a great time coaching with her. Yeah, I could tell from interviewing her, I could tell she's a get-after-it type person. It seems like she'd be fun to play for. Yes, yes. She has lots of energy. Now, you also, you were telling me this before we started yesterday. You're also, you know, a guy that we had on a couple of episodes ago that you're related to, Coach Grant Givens. I didn't know that. Yes, uh He's my cousin by, I mean, I mean, he's my cousin. I mean, he's more like my uncle because he was <laughs> raised by his grandma. And then, so his grandma and my grandma were sisters. So, I mean, I, I kind of view him as an uncle. And, I mean, he's helped me tremendously because, I mean, he's had a, a great last couple of years at uh, Weatherford. And, I mean, even his time at Empire and Duncan, I mean, he did a good job with those programs, I mean, just trying to get more kids out and I mean, mm-hmm. just developing those programs. So, I mean, I've learned a lot from him, and he's a great guy. Yeah. I thought you were going to say he's like an uncle to you because he's way older or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, if you ever saw him, I mean, his hairline is was feeding <laughs> pretty good. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to tell his age at times. Yeah, hey, I understand that. I just went ahead and I, I, I quit fighting the battle. I just went ahead and started shaving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, Coach, one thing I want to talk to you about, if if you're okay with it, is I mean, if if you're listening, you can kind of notice your, your speech. Um, and I've always, even I remember, oh, when we first started coming to Empire, and my son played AAU for you. Uh, you know, you I noticed your your speech and. I noticed that you didn't let that be a deterrent to your coaching, and I thought I was all, I, I was impressed with that. How have you kind of approached that as a coach? Because I know, like, for me, I've always had a problem with uh, kind of like I'm doing now. You know, I, I'll have a thought in my head, but it won't come out, you know, and so I'll just kind of pause sometimes. Uh, and I always kind of let that kind of be a deterrent for me. You know, that's probably why I don't, uh, you know, go into – I'm not a psychologist, but, you know, it's – I always kind of feel like that's part of the reason why I'm kind of reserved sometimes because I'm worried about stuttering or getting fumbled over my words. But I notice that you don't let that be a deterrent to you. Kind of, can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah, and uh, I mean, I would just suggest to anybody too, just starting off. I mean, that does have an issue with that. It's just try to step out of your comfort zone as early as you can. I mean, if mm-hmm. I could go back. I would do that at a younger age because, I mean, it took me to about college to when I, I mean, stepped out of my comfort zone and started asking questions in class and, I mean, talking in front of the class. And, I mean, if I could have done that at a younger age, I mean, I think my progress would be even more. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, still now, I mean, I just kind of view it as a healthy chip on my shoulder because, I mean, I mean, just from what I've seen with others that have, I mean, somewhat of a disability. I mean, you kind of learn ways to overcome that. And, mm-hmm. I mean, you kind of get stronger in other areas. Because, I mean, I really uh, strive myself. I mean, I work hard, and I'm a student of the game. I'm always trying to learn different techniques with coaching. I'm trying to learn different ways to teach kids. And, I mean, mm-hmm. because, I mean, kids are all different. So, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i really hungry on that side of it. And, and I think, I mean, I mean, I'm not a great coach or anything, but if I would not have had this speech uh, 
problem, I, I probably would not be as f- far along as I am now because, I mean, it's just kind of gave me that healthy chip on my shoulder to just, I mean, I mean, almost prove everybody wrong. I mean, yeah. prove people that, I mean, I can do this. I understand the game. Mm-hmm. I have a passion for kids. So, I mean, I just kind of view it as that. And, I mean, my speech has got a lot better. I mean, I yeah. mean, it's like I said, in seventh and eighth grade, I mean, I would never talk in class. I would never mm-hmm. talk in front of the class. So, I mean, I just wish, looking back, I would have stepped outside of my comfort zone at an earlier age. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I'm a, I'm still on that journey of trying to improve and get better. So Yeah, I mean, that's seventh and eighth grade. That, that's a tough age. You know, yep. to, to try to step out of any kind of comfort zone. But that's – I never really thought of it like that, like what you were saying about wanting to be as good of a coach as you can be just to prove people – just like that healthy chip you were talking about. I never thought about it like that. And I don't think a lot of people would take that challenge. You know, they, a lot of people would just be like, well, I'm hindered in this area, so I'm just going to be hindered. You know, I'm yeah. not going to push myself to to be better. Or not to be better, but just to, you know, kind of overcome this, and just so whenever people see me coaching, or, you know, they've they've talked to me and they're like, oh, this guy can't because of this, that you're like, oh crap, this guy can coach, you, you know what I mean? That's 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 pretty commendable, and I never thought of it that way because I mean, and I think a lot of people will let any crutch be a crutch. They won't, you know, try to kick that crutch away and start walking. You know what I mean? Yes. Have you ever, have you ever felt like it kind of hindered you from getting coaching positions in the past? I don't think so. I mean, because just kind of like what I was talking about and why I do AAU. I mean, just building those connections. I mean, I've been lucky and I mean blessed at a young age to I mean have a lot of pretty good job offers just because of who I know. Mm-hmm. Because I think when it comes down to a job, I mean. I mean, it's like everybody always says, I mean, it's who you know, and it's how you build those connections with kids. So, I mean, like in those interviews, I mean, if they can tell you have a heart for kids and, I mean, a a passion for helping kids learn and grow, I mean, between that and the connections you have either with an AD or a principal or a superintendent, Mm -hmm. I think those two things, I mean, has helped me, I mean, get a lot of good job offers so i mean i don't think it has hurt me in the past yeah now going from being you know at duncan as an assistant and being the sports director at the simmons center to being the head coach at a bigger school like cash what what was that adjustment like because i mean you kind of you kind of spent your life around the duncan area and then you're kind of going i mean i know it's not across the state but still it's always kind of looking anything on the other side a lot and there's another world you know, yeah. <laughs> tell yeah. me, what was that adjustment like for you? Yeah, it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. I, I kind of wanted to step out of my comfort zone again because mm-hmm. I've always been in the Duncan area. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, it was good. I mean, because I knew so many people and all that. But I mean, I just kind of felt the urge. I mean, I wanted to step out again and just prove to people, I mean, that I could coach outside of Duncan because, I mean, everybody, everybody in Duncan yeah. knew I have a speech issue and i mean they've kind of accepted that so i mean i wanted to step out and just that urge because i mean at the simmons center i mean a lot of people don't know i mean i would work from like eight or nine 
until three, and I mean, I wouldn't have any contact with any kids. I mean, kids would be in school. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of just missed that daily interaction with kids. So, I mean, I was trying to uh, just find a job at a school where I could teach and coach because, I mean, just that daily interaction with kids and seeing them learn and overcome stuff on a daily basis, just awesome. And, I mean, that's kind of what drove me to find this job. And, I mean, I wasn't just trying to take any job. But, I mean, mm-hmm. this job came up, and, I mean, cash for volleyball has been really good in the past. I mean, they mm-hmm. won a state championship in the last 12 years, and, I mean, they've been to state probably – 10 or 12 times in the last 20 years so i mean they have tradition there and i mean i've always kind of seen that as a good program so i mean when that opportunity came up i mean i was excited for it Mm -hmm. now what in your in your view what is kind of the difference between coaching aau and coaching in a school system i always kind of i always kind of looked at it like before I came to Empire and, you know, I was in between schools, I was helping Coach Pee Wee, you know, and the kids had to pay to play. You know, it was kind of like AAU, you know, and, and doing that I always kind of felt like, you know, the kids wanted to be there. Where yes. at a school, they might not necessarily want to be there. They're just doing it because their friends are doing it. But kind of in your, in your views, kind of what's the difference in between the two? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be almost exact, exactly what you just said because, I mean, yeah, because AAU, I mean, there's eight or ten kids on a team, and, I mean, they've paid to be there, I mean, and they'll invest in this time during the summer or during the spring that they don't have to. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I mean, they're completely invested. I mean, usually your issues are not very big because, I mean, yeah. I mean they, they all come to practice. They're all trying to get better, and then – when you're coaching at a school, it's kind of like you got to piece everything together because you've got two or three kids that, I mean, are driven and, I mean, I mean, are there every day. Mm-hmm. Then you've got a group that's kind of – their skills could be underdeveloped and, I mean, and you need to get their skill levels up and that could turn them into those kids that just love the sport. And then you have those kids kind of like what you talked about that either do it because their parents – tell them they have to or they do yeah, it yeah. to hang out with their friends so I mean I always tell people I mean because there's kind of a battle between AAU and school ball and I mean AAU in, in my mind should be to help out schools I mean to develop mm-hmm. those skills for those individuals so they can go back and help their schools out and I mean, but AAU people need to understand how hard it is to coach at a school because I mean, you don't have just 20 kids that are totally invested. I mean, you've kind of got to piece everything together. So, I mean, I like to just talk about that because I mean, I think people need to understand both sides of it. I mean, AAU can be good and I mean, it can help kids improve, but I mean, AAU coaches don't need to kind of have an ego that they are the better coach just because they're coaching 10 kids that are driven and I mean yeah. usually have pretty good skill level yeah I bet that can yeah I, I never thought about that being an issue but I bet it it can be because I mean you're getting like you said kids that want to be there kids that obviously have some skill or they wouldn't want to be there so I mean it, it can be a little uh I guess deceiving you know I, I, I can see a person thinking they're you know the next coach k or something and you've got 
you know, ten studs out there. It's it's pretty easy to win games that way. Yes. <laughs> now, do you think – kind of keeping on the AAU thing, do you think that larger schools – the only reason I bring this up, I kind of saw someone and brought this up in a conversation I'd seen before. Do you, do you think larger schools – are kind of going the route of hiring AAU coaches rather than coaches that have been in school systems to try to compete with the private schools. I mean, to me, from the outside looking in, that kind of makes sense because, I mean, if I'm not saying that anybody does this, but, you know, the private schools, they can bring in whoever they want, you know, and you like you were saying, meeting parents and creating relationships with parents, coaching AAU, you may think that those – coaches could bring some of those kids into your school system. Do you, do you kind of see that kind of being a, a, a trend? Yes, I do think. I mean, especially up around Edmond and Oklahoma City, I mean, I think you see that trend a lot. I mean, a lot of those public schools in that area are going that way. And, I mean, probably something else that's a factor is, I mean, just the number of coaches in the state of Oklahoma has dropped so much. I mean, that yeah. it's hard to find those coaches that have coached for 20 or 30 years and mm-hmm. have a good uh, pedigree, I mean, that want to come to the school. Cause, I mean, usually those older coaches are at a good place, and I mean, and they don't want to go anywhere. And it just seems like just a I mean, the number of coaches has dropped off so much that AAU coaches are appealing to people because usually they do have good connections with parents and kids. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, probably at larger schools, I mean, usually you had basketball coach and other areas like that only coach one or two sports. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that would be more appealing to AAU coach because, I mean, they usually just specialize in that one sport. So, I mean, that's yeah. probably why AAU coaches, you don't see them at a Class A school because, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, coaches at a Class A school have to coach two or three sports. And, I mean, yeah. they can't just dedicate all their time to that one sport. So, I think that's probably why you see kind of that transition, those AAU coaches coaching at those bigger schools because, I mean, there's just not enough coaches out there and I mean, they usually all good with kids, and they have a passion for that one sport. Yeah, you know, you brought that. Up. I hadn't thought about that either about the number of coaches in schools kind of being low. Because whenever I came back into coaching, but when I got back to Empire, you know, four years ago, I noticed, especially during well, not during football season too, football and basketball season. I was like, man, these coaches are the same coaches that were here, you know, six years ago. It's the same guys, you know. There's, yeah. I, I didn't see a lot of new faces, so I never really thought about that being uh, part of why there's more AAU coaches being being hired. Now, volleyball. When I think about volleyball, I mean, I'm, I've always been at a school that never had volleyball. So, I mean, it's not something that uh, was ever in my realm of coaching. What is it about coaching volleyball that interested you? Yeah, yeah, I, I hate to always go back to this, but, I mean, just that challenge. I mean, because mm-hmm. I did not play volleyball. I didn't have any knowledge of the game before I started coaching. Oh, really? And, I mean, just that challenge to learn and to learn the game and, I mean, learn different techniques. I mean, I just see that as a great opportunity to, I mean, grow as a coach, grow as a person. And then, I mean, I just – fell in love 
with the game. I mean, because, I mean, girls just love the game of volleyball. There's always lots of kids out. I mean, like, mm-hmm. this upcoming season, I'm going to have about 35 kids in my high school program. Oh, yeah. and I'm going to have about 35 or 40 in my seventh an eighth grade program. So, oh, wow. I mean, I mean, That's... that just creates a competitiveness at practice, which is awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. you got kids trying to earn a spot and compete and practice. And I mean, just all those factors together. I mean, I mean, I just enjoy it. And I mean, and I think I'm a better basketball coach because I coach volleyball. And I mean, the same the other way around. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've learned techniques in volleyball that I use in basketball. I learned techniques in basketball that I use in volleyball. So, I mean, I just think it's great to kind of expand out there. And I mean, then I just fell in love with the game because another thing about volleyball is, I mean, a lot of people don't think about this, but I mean, it's always great to have good athletes that are tall and athletic. Mm-hmm. But for volleyball it has a place for girls that aren't as tall or aren't as athletic because you stay on your same side of the net you don't have to come in direct contact with somebody so i mean Mm -hmm. i mean the contact level is not there and i mean so i mean a, a wide range of athletes can play volleyball i mean as compared to basketball because i mean if you're five foot two and you're having to guard somebody six foot in the basketball yeah. it, it's yeah. gonna be hard yeah yeah now uh for those that don't know i guess a better question but you said that about you I, that's pretty impressive that you never really knew anything about volleyball but you challenged yourself to do it what was one of the things that you didn't know about volleyball that you learned from kind of getting into wanting to coach volleyball well just i mean just, I mean, because the average fan that watches volleyball, I mean, I mean, they think, I mean, they don't understand because, I mean, not to get too in depth, but I mean, usually your tall girls only play for yeah. half the time because they come out on the back row and you put somebody in to pass for them, and just the the offensive and defensive strategies. I mean, the average fan does not have a clue about those. I mean, and I think no. in other <laughs> sports like basketball and football, I mean, even if you're not super into it i mean you can kind of understand i mean what they're trying to do mm-hmm. but i mean in volleyball i mean there's just some special guidelines that you have to go by and i mean if you haven't studied the game and played it i mean for a long time i mean it's hard to understand what they're trying to do on offense and defense and how i mean because i mean one player can play defense on this side of the court and then as you transition to offense they can hit on the other side of the court and then they have to transition back to their defensive spot i mean just those team concepts i mean have really opened my eyes because as i started i'm like i don't understand why they do that i mean that doesn't make any sense but as i've learned i mean you can really use that to your advantage to try to put your best athletes in a spot that they can perform at. Yeah. Yeah, it's not your – I would just imagine. Like I said, I haven't watched a, competi- or a high school volleyball game, but I imagine it's a little bit more in-depth than your, you know, your Wednesday night youth group volleyball games. You know? Yeah. But, I mean, I mean, I think that's a great avenue for kids to get introduced to the game because, I mean, mm-hmm. I, mean I think – kids need to develop a love for the game i mean in whatever sport they do because i think at times it gets to just trying to 
win games and trying to get a college scholarship. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, the best athletes I've coached are the ones that truly love the game, and you don't have to drag them to the gym to practice because, I mean, they want to be there, and, I mean, they want to get better on their own time. So, I mean, I think just, I mean, I think it's great for kids to play at church and just, mm-hmm. I mean, play in kind of that unstructured time so they can just develop that love of the game. Yeah. Now, being at a school that, I mean, you were saying that there's been a lot of consistent winning there over the past, you know, 20 years or so, going to state tournaments and winning state championship. What are kind of, I guess it's kind of two questions. How do you kind of stay, keep that kind of mentality, that winning tradition, how do you keep that going and kind of what are your expectations for cash volleyball? Yeah, I mean, I've really just tried to bring a mindset of every, everything's earned. I mean, mm-hmm. you're not given a spot on the team. I mean, every day, I mean, you have to earn that spot. And I think just having that mindset of, I mean, you've always got to get better. I mean, and it starts with you. I mean, I mean, you just got to focus on having a good attitude and working hard every day because if we can get a group of kids that have that mindset of they're truly locked in every day and they're having a good attitude and they work hard i mean we have the talent to i mean go to the state tournament and i mean even beyond that but i mean we've Mm -hmm. just got to continue to develop that mindset of it's a daily thing i mean you can't just wait until game day and then bring your a game yeah. I mean, it's got to be a daily thing that, I mean, you're in there and, I mean, you're kind of looking over your shoulder because, I mean, other girls are behind you. I mean, they're trying to take your spot. Mm-hmm. So just that competitiveness is what I think keeps programs up there because if you ever lose that competitive edge and you feel like you're just good enough and, I mean, you don't mm-hmm. have to work hard or have a good attitude i mean that's when programs kind of slip back so i'm just trying to hold kids to that high standard of just every day i mean we've got to earn your spot i mean even Mm -hmm. if you started for two or three years i mean your spot could be taken by somebody younger that's hungry to get better so Mm -hmm. you know i just kind of funny that you bring that up me and coach hill we're talking about that at one of our uh, we were sitting watching teams play basketball camps this summer, and we were talking about just that, about how important competition within your team is. I mean, I think that's, you know, when you get kind of at smaller schools, I think it's tougher because, you know, there's there's sometimes there's a discrepancy in between, you know, your your starters and the guys that aren't, guys or girls that aren't starting. But we you can, you can tell the teams that have, kids that just go at each other all the time because it sh- it shows up on the court you know i yes. think that that's i think that's almost as important as as the coaching part is having yes. kids that just want to go at each other and the the whole the old uh, iron sharpens iron thing i mean that's that yes. i think that's vital now what how has the community of cash uh how receptive have they been to to bringing in a person that's you know may not have heard of before yeah yeah it's been good i mean i mean cash is kind of a different place just because the town of cash is tiny mm-hmm. but i mean i mean so the houses are more spread out so i mean that would be the one issue is just our school of pride is probably not as strong as some 
smaller schools or even other towns that have a larger town. But, I mean, I think our athletic department is improving that and just trying to develop that, I mean, school pride, that town, just pride where, I mean, parents and, I mean, people in the town of Cash just go to every sporting event. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we're still trying to develop that and just make that stronger. But, I mean, in regards, I mean, there's a lot of great parents and great kids at Cash, and, I mean, it's been a great time. I mean, we have a lot of kids that just, I mean, work hard and just get after it. So, I mean, it's been it's been good. Yeah. All right, now I got one final question for you. I always try to end on something a little uh, more lighthearted. I mean, not that this has been a in-depth, you know, hard-hitting interview or anything, but I always like to end on something fun. All right, so which is more, for you, which is more entertaining to watch if it's on TV? A regular volleyball game, like, a, you know, Olympics volleyball or beach volleyball? Yeah, I would say probably a regular volleyball game. I mean, especially as you get to the high levels. I mean, if you've, I mean, haven't ever seen guys play volleyball in the Olympics, you need to watch that because, I mean, these guys are 6'8", 6'10", and, I mean, they are just hitting the volleyball straight down. And, I mean, mean, it's just crazy to think. I mean, how does anybody keep that ball up when somebody is that tall and can jump? And, I mean, their head is completely above the net. And, I mean, they are just hitting it straight down. And, I mean, and those people on defense, I mean, they just get that ball up and then they just keep it going. So, I mean, I would think, I mean, if anybody hasn't watched that, I mean, go to YouTube and just look up the men's volleyball and I mean it's I mean it's awesome to watch yeah well coach I won't take any more of your time I really appreciate you uh, getting on and talking with me and good luck on the season coming up yes thank you I enjoyed it That was probably one of my favorite interviews, just to hear Coach Dismuke's resolve when it comes to his speech issues. He doesn't let it be a deterrent. He saw it as a challenge, a challenge to overcome, a challenge to show people that just because he doesn't sound like them doesn't mean he's not good at what he sets out to do. I like the fact that he said he uses it as a chip on his shoulder, as motivation for himself. Man, if people approach obstacles in their life like that, we might be in a better place than what we are now. Thanks for listening to Kenny and the Coaches. Go ahead and subscribe to my podcast and tell others about it. It's Kenny and the Coaches. That's Kenny with an E. Until next time.